the Bible Study Podcast, episode 807. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of 1 Peter with chapter 2. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We continue on with the study of 1 Peter. Chapter 2 starts like this. Therefore, rid yourself of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. So remember that therefore there is, we were instructed at the end of chapter 2, the second half of it, to be holy, to be set apart for God's use because because of what Jesus has done for us. And so therefore, rid yourself, if you're going to be holy, if you're going to be set apart for God's use, then here's the things that don't fit in your life anymore. Deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of any kind. So, so some of those are thirty obvious here. We are supposed to be people of truth. We are supposed to tell the truth. We are supposed to value the truth. We are supposed to live the same way that we talk, something that I know I fall short of sometimes. It's easier to do a Bible study podcast. It's harder that actually living stuff. So hypocrisy, not supposed to live that way. Envy, not supposed to be thinking about what other people are doing and how other people's podcasts are going or something like that or you know whatever it is we might be envious of. The people who can run faster, the people who can jump higher, the people who do better at work, the people who have the nicer car, the nicer house. All of those things are not supposed to be part of who we spend our time or what we spend our time doing. And slander of any kind. When I'm saying things about you that are untrue um, or at least ungraceful, uh, that are not giving you the same kind of grace that Christ has given me. But instead, instead, like newborn babes crave spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. And, you know, that means Bible study. That means spending time with other Christians, means time in prayer. All of those things, I think, would be spiritual milk, the kind of things that would be good for us, that would help us to be that holy people that we're called to be. And then continuing on, the living stone and a chosen people. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now, to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And so we're told here that we are a chosen people, and the way he puts that is that we're a living stone 
or he's a living stone, but we also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. So part of that is, you'll notice the symbology of that is that we're being built together, you and me and the person who sits in that next pew who you may or may not like, that we are being built together into this spiritual house, into this place that God is building, this people that God is building. This isn't a solitary faith. It's not just you. It's not just me. But we're being built together to be a holy priesthood. Now, priesthood, some of us are coming from traditions where priesthood is not a term that we use, but the priest is the one who stands in between. And that's one of the reasons in the Protestant uh, branches of Christianity, we don't tend to use priests because we have one priest who who is Jesus. But the priesthood that traditionally, that was the person who mediated that relationship between God and man. In the Old Testament, that's what you find. Uh, in the New Testament, if you look at, for instance, the some of the non-English words for priest, when you think of, for instance, in the Catholic Church, you have the pontiff. Um, that comes from the word bridge. And so we're supposed to be a way that people can connect, reconnect to God. We're supposed to help bring people back to God. Offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. Now, it's interesting. It doesn't say what kind of sacrifices we're offering, but I assume that's the kind of life we're living. I don't think it's particularly talking about money, and I know it's not talking about uh, blood sacrifices like in the Old Testament in the temple and things like that. So it, it leaves that a little vague to me. And then talks about this stone laid in Zion, Jesus, the precious cornerstone. The cornerstone is the thing you put down first. Right, that's the that's where you start the building. You start the building with this cornerstone, and so this is everything will, that God is building is built on Jesus, and He is both the cornerstone, but for those who don't believe, a stone that makes them stumble and fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, and they're destined to that, is what Peter is saying. But he says God has chosen you. Right, he's again using that that term that this is God's choice, that you are chosen, we are chosen, a royal priesthood, again, that that role of a priest to help bring people to God, a holy nation, God's special possession. Once not a people, now a people. Once in darkness and now in light. That he is building something new here. And that he is saying here that our nationhood in some ways is more you know, that I should identify more being built into this family, into this holy nation, than I should identify with being whatever nation I'm part of. So whether I'm French or German or English or American, that that is less important than this other people, this other nation that he is building. Living godly lives in a pagan society. Dear friends, I urge you, as foreigners— and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing so, 
you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Slaves in reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who just who judges justly. He, bore, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you are like sheep gone astray. But now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. If you look at the version of this verse that I put in the show notes of this episode, the lyrics of this episode are always the Bible verse that I'm talking about. And you'll see that a lot of these phrases that Peter is using, he is pulling out of Scripture. He's pulling it out of the Old Testament, out of prophecies, especially from the prophet Isaiah, as he's talking about he was he committed no sin and no deceit was in his mouth. By his wounds we, you have been healed. He's quoting from the prophet Isaiah. But he's talking here about living as foreigners and exiles, living not as a part of the society that we found ourselves in, not being caught up with what this society gets caught up with, and to abstain from our sinful desires which wage war against your soul. I don't know if you ever thought about that way, that those things that we want that we know aren't good for us, that they are literally waging war for us, that they are diminishing our soul. It's an interesting way to look at that. Live such good lives that when people accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. That they may look at you and say, I've heard this and so about Christians But that's not what I see when I watch them. When I see how they behave, when I see how they're full of love, then I know that the things that are said against them are slanderous. Now, if they look at Christians and that's not what they see, then that's not the way they're going to behave. And sometimes these days, I don't think that's what they see. Submit yourselves to every human authority. And it's interesting here, Peter is going to be executed, our understanding is, by Nero, by the emperor in Rome. And yet Peter here is talking about obeying not just an emperor, but one of the worst emperors, one of the emperors here who will put Christians to death. But he is saying here that God has put emperors in charge, has put governors in charge, and is calling for obedience. Now, obviously, he wasn't willing to be obedient to the emperor over God. When he was faced with the choice of bow down to the emperor or bow down to God, he made a choice there. But in everything else, he is telling the church to submit itself to authority. 
and then he goes on to talk about slaves. And, you know, I, I wish these passages were not here. I'm uncomfortable with slavery. But it's a little different in Peter's day. You weren't necessarily – you weren't a slave because of the color of your skin like you were in my country, like in the U.S. You were a slave because someone defeated your ancestors or you were defeated in battle or or you lost the, you lost the money and had to be sold into slavery or something like that. And And sometimes there were paths out as well. And slaves were in a little higher regard, but had no more rights than we're used to in in this country when we had slavery. But he's still selling, telling these people that it is more important how you behave than it is that you get your freedom. And that is hard for me to picture because I know how much I would value, or I think I know how much I would value my freedom in that case. And it's not that the other is not important, but it's less so. It's it's like when I'm in you know prison and I'm talking to people about Paul and Silas in the prison cell and the gates open and Paul and Silas have been singing hymns to God after they've been beaten and none of the prisoners leave because even though they long for freedom, what Paul and Silas had was even more attractive. It was even more special. And then he talks about uh, Jesus, that Jesus had insults hurled against him, that he didn't retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats um, and encourages us also to entrust ourselves to God, that God will judge justly. These are difficult passages here, and yet Peter will do these things. Peter will live out what he's saying he's doing. Peter will live out his he will suffer for his faith as he is encouraging the church to be willing to do in these verses. And with that, I'm going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. Hello, this is Dr. Doug Grotheis, host of Truth Tribe, where we seek the truth through reason and evidence about what matters most. And we are not tribal since truth is for everyone. Please join me at the Truth Tribe as I discuss the reasons for Christian faith, the Christian worldview, and moral issues such as abortion and gender ideology. To listen now, go to lifeaudio.com or search Truth Tribe on your favorite podcast app.